stand by. We'll be streaming live soon. Please stand by. We'll be streaming live soon. Please stand by. We'll be streaming live soon. Please stand by. We'll be streaming live soon. Good morning, everybody. Uh, welcome to Rick Bonfam Ministries. I'm Jason Goins here. Um, glad to have you back if you're watching again. Glad to have you here if you're just tuning in. Um, <clears throat> today, we're going to continue with our uh, reading of 1 Peter. Um, well, let me pray for us before we get started. Lord, I just thank you for today. And every day, Lord, I ask that you, um, Lord, you enlighten our hearts with your word and help us to know your will and your glory in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, <clears throat> this morning, as I said, we're going to com- continue in First Peter. We're in the, we're in the first chapter. Uh, and we're going to go through verses 17 through 19. Uh, I just want to kind of, if you're just now starting to watch this Bible study, I want to give you a real brief overview. I mean, we're we're not really far in, so it's good to remember uh, where we've been so far, right? Um, <clears throat> we got to keep in mind that Peter is writing this letter to... strangers, as it says in the King James, or um, those that are dispersed throughout, well, what we now would call Turkey. Actually, I've been to Turkey. John and I went to Turkey um, earlier this year, planning a trip. If if you've ever thought about going to Turkey, one of the amazing things is there is so much history of our um of the church as it stands today came through the nation of Turkey and moved in to all the world um, <clears throat> through the nation that we now call Turkey. So Peter is writing to the people in Turkey um, that he calls uh, strangers or exiles, right? And so he's giving them a solid introduction and a solid um understanding of what the Lord desires for them in their time of exile. And here are the verses. I'm going to actually start in 16 and move us through to 19. It says this, Because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. And if you call on the Father, who without respect of persons judges according to every man's work. Pass the time of your sojourning here in fear. For as much as you know that you were not redeemed 
with corruptible things as silver and gold from <coughs> your vain com- conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. So that's what we want to talk about today. We want to talk about why we do what we do and who we are. This is what Peter's really getting at, right? Who who we need to be in times <clears throat> where we're in we're in a place of transition, a place of uh being out of our comfort zone. So so let's let's go ahead and break through here, get started. Um it's important I added 16 here to point out this. Um he quotes this first that it is written, "Be ye holy, for I am holy." And that's important going to become important in this conversation because that verse, that quote comes from Leviticus uh, chapter 11, verse 44. And it's an interesting thing. I'm not going to go right there because we have the quote right here. But if you read through Leviticus 11:44 in the verses that come before and the verses that come after, God goes through this a whole set of things that you can eat and you can't eat, and then right, right in the middle of it, he just stops and says, oh, by the way, consecrate yourself and be holy as I'm holy. Consecrate yourself to be holy as I'm holy. And then he just, and then it just goes back into, um, and oh, by the way, don't eat these things. And or eat, you can eat these things, right? It's it's very interesting <coughs> that the that the Lord's worried in the middle of a conversation to remind us that that we should consecrate ourselves in the midst of it. That that the food in the law there isn't so important as the consecration, as the cleansing, as the making of right. So, Peter goes on to say this, And if you call on the Father, who without respect of person judges according to every man's work, pass the time of your sojourning here in fear. Now, if you've been been watching and listening and and paying attention over the last few weeks, we've gone through the book of James. Right? And Peter, Peter... echoes an interesting idea that James brought up. You see, James in chapter 2, 14 through 17, says, What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed, lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, Go in peace, be warmed and filled, without giving them things needed for the body, what good is that? So also, by itself, if it does not have works, faith is dead. So this 
this is what Peter's getting at, right? <clears throat> we may not see that here. It's, it's a little tough. But he says, if you call on the Father who doesn't respect any person, doesn't respect your title, he judges according to every man's work. Right? So that means, well, if you're the president, you don't get a pass. If you're the right reverend so-and-so, you don't get a pass. If you're the king of England, you don't get a special pass to just go out there and say, well, I have faith, so I'm just going to do whatever I want and act how I want and treat people how I want and um, you know, run people over and, and commit all these sins. <clears throat> he actually, Peter actually says, no, no, God doesn't respect any person, but he judges your faith by your works. So he says, pass the time of your surgery so journeying here in fear. Now I thought that was important, right? What's the word sojourning mean? That means your time of visiting, your time of being in a place. <clears throat> you see, sometimes we can kind of take our faith on vacation. Right? We can uh, be in this mode where well, because I'm in a place that's kind of in between, or I'm not really sure how long I'm going to be here, uh, I don't know how long I'm going to stay in a certain place. There can be a mindset that, that creeps in, which is, well, since I won't be in this place for very long, I can't, I can't be of much effect. So I'm going to kind of lay out. I'm kind of going to kind of, uh, well... Take a vacation. You know, I'm going to turn my sojourn into a vacation. Right? I'm going to become a, a welcome guest and kind of sit back and do my thing and uh, just, well, leave it to everybody else. Right? But, but Peter's saying here, look, you know that God doesn't respect any person, so you don't have a title to get you out of the out of working your faith. He says, uh, God's looking at what you're doing at all times. Now, I want to be careful here. I don't want to get us out of the idea of grace. Right? The Lord, the Lord forgives and the Lord provides for all of us um, that forgiveness and that mercy. But faith demands some type of action. And so what, what I'm saying here is uh, you can get in a place and you can, you can, uh, you can, you can kind of go through life, move through things, move through your day-to-day -day and say, well, you know, I've only got a, I've only got a few weeks here. I've only got a, a little bit of time there. I, you know, may, maybe I have a couple months. And really this is uh, the idea of sojourning is that potentially, at least in the back of your mind, there's a potential that soon you might be moving somewhere else. And those are the people that, 
that Peter's talking to, right? The exiles, the people that had to get out of Jerusalem in persecution. He's basically saying, hey, you know, you may not be in the town you're in for a long time. You may have to run off to somewhere else. You may have to go to another place in order to live out your calling. But he says, but while you're there, pass the time in fear. What does that mean? Pass the time in fear that um, with the idea, I, I don't think this means pass the time trembling and afraid and, and hiding in a corner. Basically, what Peter's saying is pass the time in fear that um, that you're just kind of letting your faith slack off and go nowhere and do nothing and be nothing, right? Because the Father, the one you keep calling on in this time when you're out of the place of normalcy, when you're out of the place that you know, when you're away from maybe friends or family, you're, you're in a new place, you're in a different spot than you've ever been, but you kind of have this feeling, well, maybe maybe I'm not going to be here but so long. Uh, Peter's telling you, look, at the same time, you have to keep in mind that uh, you don't quite know how long you're going to be where you are. You don't want to leave the place of your sojourning and think, oh, that was a waste of time. Because as Paul says, all things work together for the good. For those that love God and are called according to His purposes. Are you going to go to the place? Maybe maybe it's a place of transition and you know it. You, you know it right off the bat, right? Are you going to go there, hang in, buy your time, and do nothing? No, the Lord's watching you everywhere you go. Lord, if if you want the he's saying, if you want to call on the Lord, and you say that He's with you all the time, then you have to be with Him all the time. That's the power of faith. That's the movement. You can get in this idea. Well, it's not mine. It's it's not my. It's you know. I'm not going to be here. I can't make an effect. I I can't do anything. And kind of get in this this mind of, well, then I might as well just sit back and and hold on and just kind of kind of get through. <clears throat> but, but we're living in fear that uh, that not that we're not moving forward. Even in the land of the sojourning, the Lord is calling us forward. The Lord is saying, faith. Without fruit, goes nowhere. So you can be in the land of sojourning. You can be in the place of transition and just kind of sit there and stagnate and think, well, it's somebody else's thing to do. What the Lord's saying to you today, no, do your part while you're here. And I'll bless it, right? And he goes... On to say, for as much as you know that you were not redeemed 
with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. So Peter's saying right here, he's he gets into it, right? He's saying, look, when he says for as much, right? It means like, it, the modern word be is something like therefore, right? Because, as you know, you weren't bought off with silver or gold. You weren't just, when I say you're bought with a price, that doesn't mean somebody bought you out from slavery just to, just to go on and, and get away. You're not bought out with silver and gold from your vain conversation. So, that's a weird one. I, I ran into this idea of a vain conversation. What, what does that mean? <clears throat> Received by the tradition from your fathers. Really, a vain conversation is that activity, right? Those traditions that um, kind of become a ritual, kind of become an everyday thing where you think, oh, well, I can buy myself off if I'm, you know, if I do A, B, and C. You know, if I read my Bible every day, I will be saved. The Lord is going to bless me. It's good to read your Bible, but that's not what you're saved by, right? Saying, oh, I, well, I always thought I would be saved by... Uh, Something that your you know your family always did, and in this specific case, we're talking about that sacrificial system that the people in Israel had. He's speaking to former Jewish people that are now um, what we would call Christians. At that time, they're Jewish believers in Christ. So he's saying, so you know. You already know this, but I'm going to tell it to you anyway. You want to call, keep calling on God. So while you're in the place of transition, don't just begin to fall apart or don't just sit back and say, well, it's not mine, so I'm not going to put any of my stamp on this. I'm not going to move in this because... You were bought with a better price than that. The Lord thought more of you. He bought you with something that's not just this circular tra tradition of figuring out a way to be right with God. He bought you with the blood of Jesus Christ. A valuable blood. His, the, the blood of His Son. The blood of His Word. Not with just repetitive things, not with just, um, you know, killing a bunch of lambs and sheep and goats and, and all kinds of things. 
but you received a higher call to faith. A faith that moves. A faith that Paul would say he prays for. He says, I pray that you will receive the faith that's motivated by love. Right? And this is love that the Son of God gave His life for us. And Peter here is saying, in the land of your transition, don't just uh, don't forget that love was God's motivation to come for you, and love is your motivation to move towards God in all seasons, no matter where you are, no matter what you're doing, or you'll get to a point where you decide to move on from that place, and you'll say, well. It was all just a waste of time. Well, actually, I I, I want to speak about that idea that it was all just a waste of time. Sometimes we even move in faith in our seasons and our in our times and in those places where where God has put us temporarily, and, and we kind of get and we can get into this mindset of that was a waste of my time. Yeah, I want I want to go back to that because sometimes. It's not that you didn't do anything. It's that you didn't have any faith that the Lord was working in that time. That the things you were doing in that time were the right things to do. Right? I, I, I've actually recently had a, a couple of conversations like this. One, one says, oh, well, I don't have much time here. So, and I don't know when I'll be called to move forward. So, just not going to do much with it. And the other is, well, I was called to a certain place and maybe I thought I was going to be there a little longer or uh, I was getting comfortable there. Uh, And then the idea comes in, well, since I didn't stay as long as I wanted, it was a total waste of time. Since it didn't, happen exactly how I wanted it to, and it didn't work exactly the way I considered it, and, you know, I had all these plans in the place that I went. I think James talks about this, right? Not to be the kind of person that goes to a place and says, oh, I'll be here for this and this amount of time, and I'll make this much money doing these things, when you know the Lord could shift you at any moment. Right, But it, if you're in the time and you're there, Peter says, use it like you're afraid that you're not going to use it wisely. Use it like you're afraid that it's going to be a waste of time. And I think the other side of this coin is to look at it like you're afraid to tell God, I'm afraid, I'm very afraid to tell God, well, you wasted my time here, Lord. I feel like you called me to a place. I feel like you pushed me to go somewhere to do something. And it was a waste of my time. Oh, I never want to tell, I never want to say that to God. I never want to get to the end of something and say, you know what, Lord, you wasted my time. So, 
for me, this says something that I'm very that I try to be very faithful to. Like this is a personal commitment to my life that I know that that Paul says all things work together to the good of those who love him and are called according to his purposes. I know I already said that, but what I'm saying is I'm looking. In the land I in the land of my sojourning, in the place where maybe I'm in transition or I'm I'm going here or there, I'm never stopping. Because I wanna I wanna be able to say to the Lord, All all of this work to your good, God. I wanna know what you did in me when I was there, when I was in a time of transition, when I was in a place maybe I didn't think I w- would like to be or didn't think I wanted to be in or uh, kind of felt called to, but really struggled to follow you there. Well, if I did all that and I struggled to follow the Lord there and I I pushed and I prodded and and I got there, I want it to be worth my time and I want it to be worth His time. If If I don't find the good in it, if I say it's not worth my time, then I tell the Lord, hey, what you just did in my life wasn't worth my time. That's a fearful thing. That's a thing I'm afraid to say to the Father when I stand before the throne. He'll, you know, what's He going to do? Say, well, yeah, you're a sheep. You, you, you did all these things. You prophesied in my name and, and you did well. And I'll say, well, yeah, except for all that time that I wasted in in this place. And he'll say, well, did, didn't you do anything there? Didn't I do anything in you there? Didn't you look for faith in that place? Didn't you look for my spirit in that place? My spirit's everywhere. And all the time. Why weren't you looking? That's what he says about the... Uh, the brides, the bridesmaids that didn't keep oil for their lamp, they were guilty of, of not looking when they should have been looking. And then it says this, it says, <clears throat> But with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Right? So you weren't bought with all these things. You didn't, re- you didn't receive this out of the traditions of men, out of keeping all of these rules that people made up. You didn't, you know, we're not messing around with superstition. We're not messing, the the sacrificial system was made for when it was made and Christ paid that, right? Christ was prophesied even at the time of his life. John the Baptist says about Jesus in front of the, the whole crowd as he's baptizing people, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is He who I said, After me comes a man who ranks before me, because He was before me. That's what John the Baptist had to say about Jesus. And he still had a hard time understanding exactly what Jesus was up to. He still asked, Are you the Messiah? I I mean, the Lord gave me this word that you're the Lamb of God that's going to take away the sin of the world. And Jesus said, Well, I gave you all the signs you needed. And that's what I think Peter's really getting at here. 
Don't miss the signs of the times. That precious blood of Jesus. Remember, let's go back here, right? Be ye holy, for I am holy. Yeah, that's why you're holy. In every place you go, be holy as I'm holy. Not just at home, not just at church, not just at the mission field, not just when you're in a place of comfort and relaxation and calm and peace and, you know, well, I finally arrived. Peter's saying, no, it's a journey. You're going to stop in a whole bunch of different places. Because of the blood of Jesus, wherever you go, you'll be consecrated. That's a lasting blood, unlike the tradition. So it, your consecration goes on and on and on wherever you are, which means you're the one that changes atmospheres. You're the one that changes places. Oh, the place is bad? Oh, no, I changed the atmosphere. I have the Holy Spirit. The atmosphere changes because the Holy Spirit creates order out of chaos everywhere I go. Yeah, sometimes it breaks it all down and rips all the tools out of the shed to repack it, and I'm sobbing on the floor, and my nose is all snotty and, and whatever. But the blood of Jesus consecrated me and, and cleaned all that up. And that's what the Lord's doing. And that's what Peter's saying, right? Act all the time like you're under this consecration. Come there knowing that you've already been consecrated, that you've already been set aside for the Lord, that you've already been a people called apart to do what God has called you to do everywhere you go. That's the message that he's saying here, that, that Peter's really getting at us. And he, you know, we're going to go through that more and more as we go through this book. But he's saying, I don't care. I don't care where you are. You're covered by the blood of Jesus. You're changing things around you by your faith. So let me pray for us as we go. Lord, I thank you, God, that you've covered us with your blood. I thank you, Lord, for all that you've done for us, all that you did for us on that cross, Lord. Lord, we don't we don't want to be anywhere without you. Lord, your servant Moses said, if you if you don't come with me, why should I go? What will they say about me? So, Lord, we want you with us everywhere. In everything, Lord. Help us to see you and know you and learn how to express our faith. Good times, bad times, and everything in between. I thank you, Lord, that you're holy, worthy, and mighty, God. You're the giver of all good things. In Jesus' name, amen. Shalom, I'm okay.